Uh, for our final segment, we're going to uh, turn uh, to Albany, where there's all, uh, a fierce battle underway over the uh, annual state budget, which is uh, how uh, the government funding for the next year for all sorts of uh, programs across New York gets allocated. Of the budget uh, will be uh, more than $225 billion, but who will benefit from it? Uh, there's all sorts of uh, great um, initiatives that people, the progressives and socialists are fighting for in Albany, good cause eviction, uh, public uh, energy, um, and, and uh, improving the MTA, uh, funding for CUNY, et cetera. Uh, however, the budget is at an impasse. It was due more than uh, two weeks ago. And I spoke uh, earlier t- today with State Senator Jabari Brisport, a Democratic Socialist from Brooklyn, and I started by asking him, what's holding things up? The governor for the second year in the row is looking to change uh, criminal justice law to roll back people's uh, civil rights and lock up more people in pretrial detention. Um, it has nothing to do with the budget. It is also immoral. And for the second year in a row, we have a delayed budget because of her political choice to do this. And uh, do you see any room for compromise on this? If you could win concessions in other areas, you're hoping to make advances or are any changes uh, unacceptable at this point? I really think it's unacceptable that she is using um, the budgetary process where she has outsized influence to push through an unpopular political move, which she knows she couldn't get done any other way. Right. Can you talk a little bit about the connection between her push for both bail uh, reform rollback and discovery reform rollback, another part of the 2019 legislation she's trying to overturn? Yes. For bail reform rollbacks, she is pushing for changes that give judges more uh, discretion to place people into pretrial detention or um, remove the least restrictive standard to put more people into pretrial detention. For discovery, she is seeking to make it harder for defense attorneys to do their job and easier for prosecutors to essentially get people to self-incriminate. Right. Um, and, and another part of um, the, the budget battle revolves around uh, the governor's push to increase the cap on charter schools in uh, New York City. Uh, can you talk about that and why you find that objectionable? And especially as someone who was a uh, public school teacher before you uh, went to the state Senate? Yes, I taught in an underfunded school, just like every other public school in New York City. And I recognize that it is a zero sum game in terms of funding between charter schools and public schools and that any increase in zombies uh, in in charter schools or zombies will lead to a decrease in funding and um, a decrease in resources for public schools, which I find unacceptable. And, And what do you mean by what do people mean by zombie charters? Uh, A zombie charter, you can think of a charter like a permission slip, no pun intended, from the state for a, um, you know, for for the privately run, um, the publicly funded school. And a zombie charter is a charter school that closed down but retained its permission slip. And so the push is to um, let other people have that charter. But just to go a little further into the charter school controversy, uh, I mean, advocates of charter schools say, well, it increases the number of choices that uh, uh, parents and students have. Uh, can you talk about, I guess, some of the practices of the charter schools 
Yeah, whenever I hear parents um, talk about um, why they wanted to put their child in a charter school, I almost never hear them talk about the pedagogy or the style of teaching there, then, which is important because charter schools always claim they're revolutionizing education. I hear parents talking about wanting a school that has after-school programs, um, that has other enrichment programs where the, the stu- their child can get a nice new fresh book or other resources, which to me is a funding thing. So as of now, you know, I, I wish we had choice, but there, there is no choice when our public schools are underfunded and those students can't get all those things. Um, meanwhile, you know, we have this movement to um, put people into privately run schools that get public money and then also um, unaccountable, uh, un- unknown amounts of, of private money from people like Mike Bloomberg. Right. And, and can you talk about the, the role that uh, Bloomberg and, and other wealthy supporters of Hochul are, are playing at this moment in the in the budget impasse in Albany? Uh, yes, Bloomberg, uh, a major proponent of charter schools, launched uh, a, a f- or participated in a five million dollar campaign to blast the state with mailers telling people to call their legislator and support Hochul's budget, uh, specifically with um, to support the increase in charters um, and to avoid any new taxes on the rich. Uh, another uh, matter the state Senate in particular has been dealing with is the um, appointments to the New York Court of Appeals, the highest uh, court in New York. It seems like Rowan Wilson is cruising to become the next uh, chief judge of New York. But the second appointment that uh, Kathy Hochul made to that court, uh, Caitlin Halligan, former corporate attorney, uh, revelations just came out yesterday that she was a lawyer in the Chevron case with Stephen Donziger, uh, a lawyer uh, on behalf of indigenous people in Ecuador in the in the rainforest. He sued Chevron, won billions of dollars in damages, and then later f- faced uh, uh, incredible backlash from Chevron. And, and it's not we now learn that Halligan was a part of that sort of legal hit team that went after Donziger and, and sent him to federal prison. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this appointment and whether uh, the Senate is going to scrutinize it as closely as it did uh, Hector LaSalle? I think we should absolutely scrutinize um, the Halligan nomination. Um, and it's not just the the um, case with Chevron versus Donziger. I've seen people flag things for me regarding her comments on same-sex marriage um, and other things are just are coming to light. So I, I think it's absolutely important that we don't rush the Halligan nomination. This is New York's highest court. Um, it's the highest court in the New York State, and we can't take any chances or rushing with, with the process of, of anybody on, on the court. So it's not already a done deal with the leadership. Uh, I mean, we got this, these two appointees at the same time. One seemed very good and the other questionable is, I mean, has the trade already been made? It's not a done deal until, you know, they, they're voted in. And, you know, it used to be in Albany that, you know, the legislature, the Senate would serve as a rubber stamp for a nomination. Um, and then um, only in recent years, uh, people have started paying more attention to the importance of courts. And as we saw with the LaSalle nomination, um, that notion of the Senate being just a rubber stamp to whoever the governor sends over is no longer true. One last question on Hochul's tactics in this budget battle. I understand that legislators don't get paid when the budget is running late. Is she just trying to uh, starve you all out until people uh, need a paycheck? Potentially. And funnily enough, she does still get paid. It's only we don't get paid until the budget is done. Um, so there's that imbalance. But, you know, I, I know I'm prepared to hold on, on for as long as it takes um, because this is important. This is a budget that affects 
you know, eight, 18 million New Yorkers. And that that's important to me. And I, I, it's really disgusting that she wants to play political games. And that was State Senator Jabari Brisport speaking with WBAI earlier uh, today about the budget impasse uh, in Albany uh, between Governor Kathy Hochul and her conservative backers and uh, progressives and socialists uh, fighting, uh, obviously, for very different uh, agenda than the governor.